that, that, that song is powerful. I said, that song is powerful. We just tapped into the heavenly power grid. Hallelujah. Mm, mm, mm. God is so good. God is so good. Ooh, praise the Lord. See, we need to get a church building that's going to be big enough for us to take off and run. I want our church to be one of the healthiest churches around. And why? Because the Spirit of God gets to move and we get to running. Hallelujah. Praise his holy name. Praise his holy name. Glory to Jesus. Oh, how I love him. I praise his holy name. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to take up our tithes and our offerings now. If you need an offering envelope for your giving, please slide a hand up. Praise the Lord. I'm going to share something with you, a teaching I just read. And uh, instead of me just trying to share it, I'm going to read it to you because it's that good. Two, three, four, five. I don't know which is yours. Here. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Amen. How many know what Philippians 4.19 says? Very familiar scripture. How many are familiar with Rick Renner Ministries? He is a uh, teacher of the word. He is a uh, phenomenal teacher that dives in deep into the scriptures. And here in Philippians 4.19, he gets into the Greek meaning of this word. The script, the Philippians 4.19 says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now that in itself, if we read it just like that as it is written... How many know that that is something to shout about? Amen. My God shall supply all our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Well, that word supply means to make full, to fill completely, or to be filled to the point of satisfaction and overflowing. It is the very word used to describe any kind of container filled and packed to the point of overflowing. The use of this word emphatically means God wants to meet our needs so fully that they will be satisfied to the point of overflowing. Amen. This brings us to the next word in this verse. How many needs does God want to meet? <laughs> in Philippians 4, 19, Paul wrote that he will meet all of them. In the original language, this is an all-encompassing word that leaves nothing out and means whatever the need is, God intends to meet it. Whoo, glory to God. But what kind of need was Paul referring to in this verse? The answer is found in the Greek text. The word translated need or needs depicts any deficit or any need that must be met. Thus, whatever deficit we may be experiencing, God wants to meet it. In fact, he sees it as a need that must be met. Amen. I like that. The word riches pictures a wealth so great, I hope you're listening, a wealth so great that it cannot be tabulated. Yeah. That's how my God wants to meet my needs. Yeah. The word riches in this verse pictures abundant, extreme, vast riches, opulence, and wealth. The use of this word tells us that God wants to extravagantly meet the needs of his people. Amen. Now listen to his, we're taking all those words together. It says, but my God will supply your needs so completely that he will eliminate all your deficiencies. He will meet all your physical and tangible needs until you are so full that you have no more capacity to hold anything else. Yeah. He will supply all your needs until you are totally filled, packed full, and overflowing to the point of bursting at the seams and spilling over. Sure does sound like a maximized life to me, doesn't it? Glory to God. Praise God. That's who our God is. That's what our God is about. And I know some people, again, people like to run out, say that, you know, you pastors are just trying to get our money. No, I'm not. See, you're not giving your money to me. You're bringing your money to God. You're worshiping him with it. And if you're not, then you're not doing it right. Are you hearing me? 
you know that I'm not your source? And everybody said, praise the Lord. Jesus is. God is. And you can see how he wants to meet our needs. To the overflow, abundantly, excessively. I love it that my God is that way. He wants me to be so blessed, I got to give it away. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's hold our offerings up and let's pray. Father, we thank you right now for this opportunity to bring our tithes and offerings into this holy place, into this local church, a church you've established for such a time as this. Father, we do so in reverence to you, and we do so to worship you with it. And we know, Father God, you said in your word that we can now prove you in this, that you would open the windows of heaven and to pour out so much blessing upon us that there's not enough room to contain it all. And you said in your word that you would rebuke the devourer for our sakes so that every seed we have sown or will sow will come back to us maximized, maximized harvest. We expect that to happen in our lives. We expect that to happen in this church. And we give praise and glory to you now, Lord God. We know that our God shall supply all our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And if you believe that, shout amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God is good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I think one of the things that I would encourage you as he's taking that up, first of all, children are going today with my wife, Pastor Joan, and Emmy. You ready, Emmy? Emmy was, uh, her dad was holding her, and I had gone out there and was washing some dishes, walking away, and Emmy goes, Pappy, are you going to the bus today? And I said, no, I'm going to church. She said, okay. Here I am, praise the Lord. God is so good. Praise his holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Ooh, glory to God. Sorry about this. Sorry. I get, I get gum in my mouth instead of the mints that somebody keeps bringing to me. Do you think that's a hint? When someone brings you one thing a mess at one time, oh, that's nice. Brings it to you twice, oh, that's nicer. Brings it to you three times, and you start to wonder, am I brushing my teeth enough or what? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right, I'm not going to do that, so that ain't happening. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity now to get into the word. We love the Bible. It is truth. And we thank you, Father God, you've given us the spirit of truth to lead us and guide us into it. We open our hearts now to you, Holy Spirit. I thank you right now for the anointing upon my life to preach and upon these people to see and hear the word as it's meant to be seen and heard. And I pray, Father God, even now that their hearts are fertile ground for the seed and water, of the word of God. And Father God, we look to you for increase. You said in your word that you are the God of increase. And so, Father, we're thanking you for it already. As we, by your grace, do the word, we shall be blessed. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, this morning, I want to continue this study on the prophetic word given to Brother Jerry Savell for 2023, and I believe it's for beyond that. The more I've studied this, the more I'm seeing it. The word of the Lord for 2023 that he got is, this is the year of the maximum. The highest level attainable. I got to admit when I first heard that, I was kind of like going, well, um, that sounds pretty uh, exorbitant, for lack of a better way of saying it. It sounds like almost too much. But as I've come to study it, as I said, the more I'm doing so, the more I'm realizing this is exactly who God has always destined for us to be. I know you may not believe that yet. You might be struggling with this. Please, all I'm asking you to do is take the word, go over the word, ask the spirit of God to reveal it to your hearts. And when the revelation comes, be bold and step out on it. If you're not going to do the word, you're not going to get anything out of the word. Did you hear that? Faith without corresponding actions, works is the word that's used there. Faith without corresponding actions is dead. 
In other words, a person who comes to church for 10 years, 20 years, and hears the word of God, but doesn't do the word, is just like a person who never comes to church and doesn't do the word. That's pretty strong, isn't it? Do you ever wonder why some people come to church and never change? I mean, year after year after year after year, the exact same way. Because they hear the word, but they don't do the word. They don't mix faith with it. It's when you mix your faith with it, that's when the word begins to work on your behalf. That's when you're going to get results. Amen. So I'm asking you by faith to keep on hearing this word. Keep on taking it in your heart. Keep on stirring it up. Keep on meditating in it. Till the faith is built up in your heart. How does faith come? By hearing. Hearing by the word of God. But then again, you've got to do something with the faith that's in your heart. Don't be like a big old balloon that never lets anything out. You need to become a balloon that's because you're letting it out all the time. You're using your faith to appropriate what belongs to you from the spirit realm into this natural realm. Amen. This word, if appropriated into your life, do you think it will change you? Yes. Do you really believe this could change your life, your family's lives? How many believe that if you had no other needs uh, except for to love others, that you might be a bigger blessing than you are right now? How many want to get to the place where cutting checks for $10,000, $25,000, $50,000, $100,000, a million dollars, it's not that big of a deal to you? Right. No. I, I have, it is becoming just something that I'm doing all the time now. Yeah. I go out and eat, and I'm just, I, the, whoever waits on my table, they don't know how blessed they're going to be. Yeah. Now, if they come in and they're jerks, I might not give them as big a tip. But if they're a good t- waiter or waitress, boy, I tell you what, I'm going to bless them. Are you hearing me? When I go into places to go shopping, I'm looking. Am I supposed to buy their groceries? Am I supposed to help buy them some food at, the, uh, you know, at Costco or whatever the case is? I'm looking for it. I want to be used by God yeah. to bless others. Amen. Amen. I can't bless others unless I'm first blessed. Blessed, blessed to be a blessing. Living a maximized life, however, is not just in the financial realm. Living the maximized life covers every area of our lives. Your relationships with others. How many would like to have a maximized lifestyle toward all your family members? Toward all your friends and neighbors and so forth, co-workers. Have you ever had a co-worker that you'd rather slap than go to work and see? I can honestly say this about a particular boss that I had. This boss, I mean, it was so funny because I got the job when I was over at Missoula Bible Church. And um, one of the guys who was the manager of the store, he wasn't the owner, he's the one that got me the job. And so I went in there and everything, and, and, and we were salesmen. <laughs> and we sold Dish Network. We went around selling satellites. And we had a package deal. And I came to understand after studying it out and recognizing that the way they were pre- for having us present it was not true. It was not based upon fact. They wanted us to tell them this thing. This is how much it's going to cost you for the first year, which sounded really good. It beat most, you know, most, what's the other thing? Not uh, uh, the dish, but uh, internet. Not internet, but um, cable. cable TV. Thank you. Yeah, cable television. And so I, I, I was sitting in there and... and they were, uh, you know, there was a meeting and the owner's in there and, and it came around to me. And, it, and, and I said, yeah, I made a couple sales, but, you know, a lot of them I didn't make and so forth. And the guy said, what are you doing? And I said, what do you mean, what am I doing? I'm telling the truth. And he ripped into me. I mean, he ripped into me, okay? I was very sad. <laughs> no, I wasn't. <sighs> I was not a happy camper. And at about this point in time, the general manager, manager was sitting there beside me, and he handed me a slip of paper. And I don't remember exactly what it was on it, but it was a scripture. And I was able to pull back my anger that I wanted to let loose. <laughs> and, 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 and the point I'm trying to make is, is that I could have let loose. I want, not, no, I'm saying that wrong. My flesh wanted to let loose. But my spirit didn't. The real me on the inside didn't. Thank God I had someone there to present to me the truth of the word to keep me from stepping out and doing something according to the flesh. Are you listening to me? But I want 
to be able to have a maximized lifestyle with everybody that I have contact with. When I come up to people, I want them to look, oh, here comes Pastor Dan. I know he's going to say something encouraging to me. And I know he'll pray with me if I need prayer. I know if I, you know, if I have a need that glory to God, that God might tap him on the shoulder to meet it. Are you listening? I want this revelation of having maximized life to go beyond just finances into all the realms of your life. Are you hearing me? And I'm going to share some things with you today that I believe will absolutely guarantee to maximize lifestyle in your life if you will simply do what the Word of God tells you to do. Now, that sounds pretty strong, doesn't it? How many know that the word guarantee means it's going to happen? How many know that when God says he's going to do something, he's going to do it? See, I've come to understand that my God's faithful. If he said it, he will do it. He's not a man that he should lie. Do you know that God's ways are immutable? I like to use that big word, immutable. You know what that word immutable means? Unchanging. God has never changed, nor will he ever change. God's plans never change, nor will they ever change. God's way of doing things never change, and they never will change. Are you listening? Oh, thank you, Jesus. But what happens? And I'm going to say this. I believe, as we looked at somewhat last week, that when God first created man, Adam and Eve, put him in the garden, the lifestyle they were supposed to live at that time was a maximized lifestyle, lacking absolutely nothing, living a life of more than enough. Are you hearing me? It was amazing because how many know that when you have fruit trees, sometimes the fruit falls off of it? You know what I'm saying? And that's a lot of times what's the fruit people pick up, the stuff that's fallen off the trees. But in the Garden of Eden, there was no death before the fall. Everything was living. In other words, the fruit never fell off. But the fruit was positioned where they could reach up and take it. Yeah. Whew, I don't know how it worked back then. I, not, I, you know, I can't sit there and tell you because I, I God hasn't shown me it in a spirit yet. But when I get to heaven, if I want to see it, I guarantee you God will let me see it. Yeah. I know that's taking some of you like going, what? He's God, right? Uh-huh. He gave us the ability to take films of ourselves and look back several years later at when I got married. Boy, I was, uh, never mind. I looked a lot different back then. <laughs> Praise you, Jesus. I still look good, though, don't I? Yeah. Uh, that took a while, didn't I was like, okay, who didn't say, yeah, no money for you? <laughs> but back then, they lacked for nothing. They, had a, they were living blessed lives. They, were, they had more than enough. Are you hearing me? But then what happened? They disobeyed God. And they opened the door to sin. So I should say it this way. Sin, that sin opened the door to death. And destruction. And sickness and disease. And everything else that came in as a result of sin. But was it still... The will of God for man to live blessed, for a man to live maximized, or did God's plans change? God's plans never change. I'm trying to get you to grasp this, but something happened that caused those that were then living at that time on the earth to not be able to live a maximized life, at least not the life that Adam and Eve lived before the fall. But then what happened? What happened? (laughs) He had a plan of redemption. A plan of redemption that involved sending his son Jesus into the earth. A plan that involved Jesus going to the cross and dying there for you and me. Taking the full brunt of our judgment upon himself. Taking the full penalty upon himself and going into the heart of the earth. And dying there. He, He died on the cross and went to hell. A lot of people don't like to say that, but it's what happened. Otherwise, we'd have to go. He took our place. He was our substitute. Otherwise, we'd have to go. 
I don't have to go to hell. There is not a person on this planet that has to go to hell. God has made a way for them not to have to go there. Hell was created for the devil and for all the demons. But because people reject God's gift of salvation, they're the ones who are choosing not to receive it. And thus it's because of that rejection of Christ that they go to hell. Is that being mean? Is God being mean? I've had peace. I've heard preachers. Preachers that I, I'm not saying, I, I mean, I follow them intensely, but I follow them. That have changed their, uh, they, they, they say there's no way a God of love could do that. A God could send a person to hell. And it's like, I want to say, God's not sending anybody to hell. It's a choice people make. God's presenting it to them. Here's my son. He went to the cross, died for you for your sins, but he was raised from the dead. Glory to God. And now he sits at my right hand. And when you accept him into your heart, you receive him and all he's done for you through his redemptive, redemptive work, you get born again. And heaven now becomes your home. You don't have to go to hell. And, and, and is it God who's, who's then saying, okay, that's it. I'd send you to hell. No. I've heard of one uh, testimony of a person who literally went into hell with Jesus. Jesus was showing them around what happened in hell, that what was going on in hell. And I, as you're, I was reading this, I'm like going, oh, my gosh. There is no horror flick out there that can compare what is actually happening right now. They're just talking about where in one of, they're like in cells, but it's just them. There's nobody else around. It's pure darkness. You can't even imagine that. But the demons are coming at them. And they're saying that in one setting, this person kept screaming over and over and over again because a demon was just taking their claws and ripping them to pieces. And every time he ripped them to pieces, it's like it their, their flesh came back on them again. And it started over again. But Jesus, the thing that got me the most is Jesus is walking there with this person. Is those people there in hell are crying out, Jesus, forgive me. I, I know I didn't. I rejected you while I was on the earth. Forgive me. Please get me out of here. Please don't make me stay here. And it was like, if, if I'm not embellishing the story, it was like Jesus was, was starting to cry. Because he knew he couldn't do anything. They had already made that choice while on this earth. And they rejected him. And because of the rejection of him, that choice put them where they're at. Are you listening? I cannot express to you enough. We cannot get to the place. And I'm, boy, I'm off on something else right now, but that's okay. We can never get to the place where we start to have this mentality that so many, so many Christian churches are preaching that there's more than one way to heaven. There is only one way, my friends, and I hope you're listening to me. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Okay. I feel like I'm preaching the Easter service all of a sudden. <laughs> Hallelujah. But see, when Jesus came, and I, I really want you to pay attention to this. When Jesus came to this earth, he came for a reason. We know number one reason was to eventually die on the cross for our sins. But he also came for another reason. He came to, to the earth to demonstrate to us how to live by faith. Yeah. To demonstrate to us how to walk in love. To demonstrate to us how to pray and get results. Yeah. He, he, he demonstrated to us what the Father's will was. People had such a false perception of God. And he was showing them how good our God is. How merciful our God is. A God of grace. A God of mercy. That's why he came. Not just to die for us, but to demonstrate these things for us. Amen. And in John 10, 10, as we looked at last week, Jesus made that Incredible declaration from his mouth. The devil comes, I mean, the thief cometh not except to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come to give them life. And life 
more abundantly. In other words, Jesus was declaring to us, I've come to restore to you the way it was always supposed to be, way back in the beginning before the sinning of this world. Did Adam and Eve lack for anything before the fall? Should you lack for anything right now? I'm, oh, glory to God, this is like, it's so much in me now. I, and I don't know why it's just registering. I've probably heard this before. I don't recall hearing it before. But my goodness gracious, this is the kind of life I'm expecting to live. Yeah, amen. If Jesus went through what he went through for me, the least I can do is rise up and live the way he's now made a way for me to live. Amen. A maximized lifestyle. Amen. A lifestyle that is more than enough. Amen. He came to give me life more abundantly, yeah. super abundantly, excessively yeah. to the overflow. Amen. Well, Pastor Dan, I just don't know if I, I don't think that's right to live that way. You know that's not a good way to live your life. You know, money, will, money is the root of all evil. No, it's not. It's the love of money. If God didn't want me blessed, then I tell you what, you're going to have to tear out most of the Bible. Because over and over and over and over and over and over again, God shows us how we can be blessed. And I'm going to show you from the Word of God Something that I believe will demonstrate to you that it is the will of God for you to live a maximized life. Not just in 2023. Yes, you should be living it in this year, but for the, all the rest of the years on, that you have on this earth. Yeah. All the days of your life on this planet, maximized, reaching the highest level attainable. What do you think that would do for the church? If all those who are part of the church catch this, yeah. do you think that we might be able to get a whole bunch more, much, a whole bunch more done for the kingdom of God? Yeah. That we would be able to reach more and more and more and more and more and more, and then come up hither. Where's the shout? There's the trumpet. We get transformed. We rise to meet him in the air where we'll be with him forever. Amen. Glory to God! Yeah. I look so forward to that day. Yeah. Maximized lifestyle is so that we can be a bigger blessing. Yeah, right. Amen. And, and, and listen, that doesn't mean that you cannot be uh, impacted by it. Of course you're going to be. Yeah. Like I used last week, the water hose example. There's a whole lot more of the water going out of the hose, but it's still splashing up on the hose. Yeah. I'm getting some of the splash back, so to speak. Amen. Of the blessings of God. To the point that all of my stuff's going to be paid for in Jesus' name. Yeah. Right. Ha, ha, ha. I mentioned last week, about next week, I think someone's going to bless me with a vehicle. Yeah. I don't know who it's going to be. It could be someone that's on the other side of the world right now. God's tapping him on the shoulder. There's a man over there who preaches at Celebration of Life Church. I want you to bless him with a brand new car or brand new vehicle. You might think, oh, come on, Pastor Dan. Are you kidding me? Can that really happen? Yeah. Oh, yes, it can. Yeah. Yeah. See, all things are possible to those who believe. And I've come to the conclusion in my life, I don't care how God does it. Yeah. I don't have to figure it out. All I'm called to do is believe. And like I said to you last week, I'm not going to be surprised that I get more and more and more and more and more and more and more blessed. Yeah. I'm not going to be surprised about yeah. that, but I am going to be surprised as how he's going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> but see, can I just say this for free to you? If I'm hearing somebody minister or sharing and I hear about that they have a big need in their lives, if I'm so blessed, what should be the first thing I'm doing? Checking it up on my heart. Yeah. God, are you, are you wanting to use me? Are you wanting, you want me to pay for that? And, and God says, no, I want you to just pay for half of it. Or, or I, I just want you to pay this amount or that amount. Are you listening? Yeah. And the more you can be counted on, when he taps you on the shoulder, the more he's going to keep tapping you on the shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when things begin to explode in your life. That's when you're going to be used by God to do things that you probably could have never imagined you could do.
because God is counting you faithful and blessing others through your life yeah. because you are living a maximized life. Right. Reaching life to the highest level attainable. Yeah. Okay, I got to get going. Praise the Lord. <laughs> this is all introduction. <laughs> so from the very beginning, I need to say this. God established the principles that were intended to produce a maximum lifestyle for mankind. They were perfect. They needed no improvement. All man had to do was appropriate these things into their lives through their faith. And life at the highest level would be the result. That's why even after man fell in the garden, hear this, God's principles never changed. They didn't need changing for it wasn't the principles that failed. It was man that failed. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for God's plan of redemption. Hallelujah. These things have been restored to us. Hallelujah. Go with me to Genesis chapter 1. Whoo. We're going to study this. And I don't know how far I got. Literally seven more pages to go. Why thou laugheth at me? Uh, Genesis chapter 1, we've gone through these scriptures before, read through them before, but I want to look at something else here, bring something else out here. Verse 26 says, then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion, everybody say dominion, dominion. over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Everybody say, subdue it. Subdue it. Have dominion, there it is again, over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, see... I have given you every herb that yields seed which is on the face of all the earth and every tree whose fruit yields seed. To you it shall be for food or for sustenance or for provision. So right here at the beginning of creation, God set forth his plan for mankind. The, this plan, if acted on and appropriated into your life, would enable man to live a maximized lifestyle. What was this plan, number one? God put his blessing upon man. And that word blessing, once again, means that God empowered them to prosper. God empowered them to succeed. God empowered them to fulfill destiny. Number two, God gave them dominion and authority to rule and reign upon this earth. And number three, God gave man seed to sow. Seed to live by. Now, we have already covered points one and three pretty extensively. How many of you are convinced that the blessing of the Lord is upon you? Yeah, amen. Because if you really believe that, then you need to be speaking it out of your mouth all the time. Yeah. I mean, I've said this to you before, but boy, it bears repeating right now. I declare for mine, I try to do it every evening and every morning. My family and me are highly favored, and the blessing of the Lord is upon us. Amen. God is empowering me to succeed. God is empowering me to prosper. God is empowering me to fulfill destiny. Hello. I've, been, I've told you about going to Costco lately. And, and, and I, I know this is funny, but I'm telling you, my wife can attest to it now. When I go to Costco, I'm, I mean, it's crazy. It's like I've got a little sign. He's coming. Move that car out of there. It's right there. But you know what happened yesterday with her? We had, to, it was over, it's still the first spot, but it was over a row. Woe is me. <laughs> I know, I'm highly favored. Amen. The favor of the Lord is upon my life. Yeah. God does things for me that he doesn't do for anyone else. Yeah. But God will do things for you that he doesn't do for anyone else. Yeah. People will bend over backwards to do things for you that they wouldn't do for somebody else. Yeah. Have you ever gone in and, and, and you thought, well, you know, this is, this is blah, blah, blah. I mean, they, excuse me. Let's say you go and you're buying something and it like, rings up higher than what you saw. 
And the person says, I'm sorry, that's just the way it is. And I said, no, I, I mean, I'm not trying to be persnickety. I don't use that word with them. But I'm not trying to be cruel or mean or whatever, but that is what is back there. And the person goes back there and looks and says, okay, you're good. We'll, 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 give you for that for, that, we'll give it to you for that prize. And what ended up happening, I'm not trying to be, be uh, underhanded. I didn't throw a price up there, bring a little, you know, price scanner thing and put it up there or something along those lines. I don't know how it happened. I don't know why it happened, but I got it for a price I wasn't supposed to get it for. Now, people might say, well, Pastor Dan, is that really favor? Oh, I think it's favor. I said, I think it's favor. God, God is in the business of blessing me beyond measure. I'm decreeing it from my mouth. I'm hearing it from my mouth all the time. Faith is being built up in my heart. And when I'm speaking it out of my mouth, and when I'm confessing it out of my mouth, I believe that things are happening. Yeah. When I go out, things are being have already been prepared. Oh, here he comes. Open that blessing hole up. Here he comes. Oh, here it comes. The blessings is coming on me, on my life, on my family's lives. I, I, I've been going to the, uh, I'm just telling you, and I'm, I don't care how God does it, but I've been going to the mailbox almost every time I go now with expectations. Yeah. Now, people have a tendency to say something along, along the lines of this. Oh, you just have mailbox faith. No, I have faith in God. Amen. And one of the ways he gets it to me is through other people. And the way, a lot of, one of the ways, maybe it's the slowest way to get it to people, but still, one of the ways that God go get through another person to you is through the mail. Hello? It's happening. I'm telling you, it's coming in greater harvest than ever before. Maximized harvest on my life, my family's lives, on your lives, on this church in Jesus' name. How many believe that God wants you blessed? Amen. Again, you got to mix your faith with this. It's not going to help you whatsoever if you're not mixing your faith with it. But if you do, you can expect to see the blessings on your life. Hallelujah. And number two, how many of you believe that? One of God's way of doing things, established way back in the beginning, is while this earth remains, seed time and harvest shall remain. Amen. Yeah. Friends, I'm convinced that this is something too many Christians fail to grasp and understand. See, the Bible tells me that whatever I sow, that's what I'm going to reap. God doesn't use his words loosely. If he said it, that settles it. I now choose to believe it. And if he says, whatever I sow, that's what I'm going to reap, then glory to God. If I'm sowing financial seed, I expect to reap financial harvest. And don't tell me that it doesn't work. Because I've had it happen in my life over and 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 over again. From the very get-go, as I shared with you last week at the end of the service, the very first time I stepped out and did it, here comes the exact harvest I was believing God for. I know it happens. I know it works. Hallelujah. It will work for you yeah. if you work it. Yeah. Hello? That's right. and, and the Bible says if we sow sparingly, we can expect to reap sparingly. But if we sow bountifully, we can expect to reap bountifully. Yeah. And let me throw this out for free right here. That doesn't mean, that doesn't mean a set, certain amount. It's a percentage. It's a proportion of what you have and what you're sowing. Again, you always ask God, what am I supposed to give? Yeah. What am I supposed to sow? Amen. Are you hearing me? Glory to God. People are already sowing, throwing seeds Amen. around up here right now. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God is good. All the time. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Boy, this gets me so excited. These young people catching this like this. I said it all the time, but it's the truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm not saying you older ones. And, of course, older could be 12 if you're two. <laughs> Hallelujah. How much time I got? All, right. all the time you need. So, we, 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 we've, we've gone over these two principles. Number one, that, that, that the blessing of the Lord is upon us. Number two, that God has established a, 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 a spiritual law of seed time and harvest. This morning, <laughs> glory to God, I'm just getting into this. I want to focus in on the second point that I believe is so much needed in the church world today. 
I touched on this a little bit last week as well. But I truly believe this is to be the truth. I truly believe that this is the truth. Okay, I do. Too many Christians have failed to understand that we have been authorized by Almighty God to do things in this earth that way too many Christians are looking to God to do it for them. The Bible says this in verse 28 again. God blessed them, speaking with Adam and Eve, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over everything that moves on the earth. The New Living Translation says it this way, fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and the animals that scurry along the ground. So God delegated authority to Adam and Eve. Did you ever stop and think about some of the scriptures there in Genesis when Adam is asked by God or told by God, I want you to name the animals. I know you can read over that. It may not be that big of a deal. What was God doing? He was giving them, giving him the authority to do something that God had just delegated him to do. And so, I mean, when, I mean he's naming, here comes an animal. He goes, hmm, hmm. I'm not looking at you, Kevin. I don't want you to think I'm coming. Because uh, uh, hippopotamus. I didn't want Kevin to think I was thinking, that's not, that's not you. Hippopotamus. Could you imagine calling a hippopotamus a hippopotamus? It's just the weirdest thing. But did God say, oh, that's a weird name. I think people are going to laugh at that one. No. He let Adam do what God had delegated him to do, for him to do. Elephant. 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 Elephante. French. <laughs> Think about that. Right there from the beginning, God has, is showing Adam, I've given you authority, now get this, to rule and reign on this earth. You have authority over all the animals, over everything on this earth. Any, everything in this earth. And what happened is, is God is showing him that's the case here. But did Adam and Eve continue to use that authority? Or did they put it aside and began to listen to a stinking, rotten enemy named Satan? Do you know that the Bible talks about when God cursed the snake? I don't know. I mean, as you read these things, sometimes in my mind's eye, it says you will always, now you will always go about on your, on, on your belly. Isn't that what the Bible says there? Which means what? Snakes were probably walking at that time. Hey, wouldn't that be the weirdest thing in the world? A snake coming up. I am so sorry. I don't know why I get off on that kind of stuff, but there you go. But the, but the, but the point I'm trying to get across, I want you to see this. God had delegated authority to them. Yeah. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Go with me quickly, and I'll close with this one. I don't want to. I'm only on page three, and I got eight pages, so there you go. I'm gonna, we, we also looked at, <laughs> we looked at this last week as well. I want to read this from beginning to end, Psalm 8. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. O oh Lord, our Lord. Your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. You have taught children and infants to tell of your strength, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place, what are people that you should think about them? Mere mortals that you should care for them. Yet you made them only a little lower than God, crowned them with glory and honor. You, no, verse 6, you gave them charge of everything you made, putting all things under their authority. Yeah. The flocks and the herds and all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, everything that swims the ocean currents. O oh Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Listen to Psalm 8:6 from the Passion. You have delegated to them rulership over 
all you have made. With everything, ever say everything. everything. With everything under their authority. Yeah. Placing earth itself under the feet of your image bearers. Isn't that awesome? So not only did God want his prized creation to live a blessed life, and not only wanted man to provide for himself through seed time and harvest, God also made man to have authority, to have dominion. He made us to rule and reign on the earth. Mm, Boy, I tell you what, I really want to keep going, but I'm going to stop because I don't want to lose people. The moment people start to... Never mind, I don't need to go and say it like that. But there you go. I don't want to lose people. I don't want you to miss this because it's that important. Do you want to reach a maximized life? Is it possible for you to reach a maximized life? Highest level attainable. God has given us a way. It was something, his plans from the very beginning. From the very beginning. To recognize and understand the blessing of God is upon us. To understand the principle of seed time and harvest. And to understand that God has delegated his authority to us. Oh, goodness, man, I want to run. I want to run with this. This is, to me, this is one of the most powerful topics in the Bible that's hardly preached on at all. And it's so sad because, see, how many know that sometimes... When the devil's trying to run roughshod over you and the devil's trying to bring these stinking rotten thoughts to your head. And a lot of times people start to cry saying, what's the devil always messing with me? Because you let the devil mess with you. You sit there and you try to pray to God. God, 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 God. Don't you know the devil's trying to get me? And what is God supposed to do? Is he supposed to do something that he's delegated to you to do? Did you hear what I just said? Oh, friends, I tell you, after this study is over, if you don't get persnickety, if you don't get throw yeah. your shoulders back and, and bow your chest out, if you don't start to walk around going, yeah. uh, uh, walking through Walmart like this, what are you doing? Stomping on the devil's head. Amen. That's what I'm doing. I have authority over him. Amen. Yeah. Woo, glory. Yeah. Can I just throw one little nugget out, and this one's just for free. Authority... Without power backing it is useless. Means nothing. Power without authority, it's useless. But when you have authority with power backing it up, that authority is powerful. That was a deep thought from Pastor Dan. (laughs) It's the truth. Can I just leave this statement in your head? As we leave this day, ask this question, I should say. What power is backing up the authority God has delegated to you and me? What power backs up that authority? There is no power greater than this power. When I speak the name of Jesus... It's as if Jesus is right there speaking it for himself. All the power of heaven backs it up. So in other words, when I speak the name of Jesus against the devil, it's not just me facing the devil. (laughs) My Jesus is standing right there. God said, what you going to do? Show me your teeth. Oh, you don't have any. That's right. I kicked those teeth out, didn't I? All the power of heaven backs up the authority that's now yours and mine. Get a hold of this. With this authority, you can reach a maximized life. Go to a place you've never gone before. Highest level attainable. I want want a church for the people. Getting a hold of this stuff. Oh, hallelujah. It's on me now. Ron, you ever ever, belly bop time? Oh, 
what you been eating, bro. <laughs> Jeffy must be a good cook. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Jesus is good. Amen. Higher than ever before. I've been saying that, God, I, 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 I am ready to go higher. I'm ready for you to take me places. I want a heart ever sensitive to him. How about you? I want to be able to just, when God says something, immediately, that's the way I'm going. When I'm in here preaching, I, I, I mean, I, God was just starting showing me things. And if all of a sudden something comes up in my memory, do you think that's just all of a sudden something popping up in my memory? Or do you think that's the Spirit of God reminding me of that? to share it because it goes right along with what I've been preaching on. God will do the same thing for you. You just got to learn to yield to him. You just got to learn to be sensitive to him and recognize that he's there. He doesn't need to be a spiritual hitchhiker in your life. God's in you. That right there should make us excited about living a maximized life. I got God in me. He is living on the inside of me. that's in me than he that is eternally defeated in this world. Let's read through Hebrews again the other day. And there it is, man. Jesus obtained for us eternal, eternal, eternal redemption, meaning it is for eternity, which means the devil is eternally defeated. Woo! Glory to God. Ha! Thank you, Lord. Maximize. 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 2023 is the year of the max. 2023 is the highest level attainable. Don't sell this short. You study this out for yourself. You go back to it and look in the beginning. Did they lack for anything? Not at all. Not even a little bit. They had more than more than enough. Their bellies were always full. They didn't have to wonder if, if they were going to have enough to make it. They had everything they needed. And more than enough. Praise the Lord, praise you, Lord, praise you, Jesus. Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. Parisos. That's a Greek word you ought to be saying from your mouth. I got parisos life. People are like saying, what's wrong with you? What is parisos? It means super abundantly. It means excessively. It means more than enough. More than, more than enough. Jesus. Can you tell it's on me? Glory to God. Woo! You know that people, too many Christians have been deceived. I'll close with this thought. <laughs> too many Christians have been deceived into believing that's not who God is. That's not the way God is. God wants us to grovel and barely make it through this life. They have been deceived into believing that they really have no say-so about it. It's all up to Him. The way I'm going to live, the way I'm going to do, what I'm going to do is all up to him. What a bunch of hogwash. So you're saying God did not give you a free will to make your own choices and your own. Who, how many know that when you got up this morning and you had breakfast, God wasn't looking at you and saying, you better eat that bagel and not that. Because if you eat, eat that, you're going to, it's not good for you. Don't eat that. Eat this. Is that the way God does things? I know that's a simple illustration, but it's the truth. So many people believe everything they do, everything they do, God's orchestrating. That's a lie. I hope you're hearing me. That's a lie. God has given all of us free will. And with my free will, I have chosen to follow him, to live for him, to be sold out for him. And because I'm living for him, I expect to live a maximized lifestyle. I expect to be a bigger blessing than I've ever been before. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. I want to get to the place. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. You're going to have to wait and see what the place, because i got to stop. I'm going to keep on going. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. What is that pastor in uh, Texas or Oklahoma? Michael Todd. I, I want to get to a place where this church is giving cars away. This church is. Houses away. Oh, 
Hallelujah. I tell you what, I tell you what, that reminds me when you said that. When I remember I went down the, the, the Mark Hankins meetings, it wasn't last year or two years ago, I don't remember how long it was. But when I went down and I heard that minister preach, Pastor Joel, and he started preaching along the lines of the Lion King. And it immediately grasped me. But I don't think I've ever been ministered to like that before. Because it helped me to recognize and understand I had put God in a box. I had small thinking. I had limited dreaming. And all of a sudden I recognized and understood that. And I said, no more. I'm not going to have that anymore. And he said that when he took over, he went through the whole thing of how he took over. His father's church died of a heart attack. And he, had, and he was really young at the time. And he ended up taking over, becoming the pastor of this church at a really young age. It was a big church. But then one day God he had gotten everything done. It was beautiful and paid for and everything. God said, what are you doing? He goes, I, I'm just rejoicing what you've done here. He goes, why are you stopping? And he goes, what do you mean, God? He says, you're, 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 you're thinking small. You're thinking small. I want you to think bigger. And he said, okay, God, I'm going to think bigger. I don't know what that means, but I'm going to think bigger. I'm going to keep trusting you. And you know what ended up happening? Another church across the way, I mean, I don't remember how far of a distance it was, called him up and said, hey, we're getting out of the ministry. And we want you to come over here and pastor have this church too. You know, things that he, you know, he didn't want to go into a place where he was going to be controlled. He wanted to make sure it was God and that they were going to agree to his terms, so to speak. The bottom line is they did and he did and he got it. He was a new brand new church to go along with his church over here. Two churches now. He was no longer speaking, thinking small. He was no longer limiting God. John has been coming to me and talking to me about what's the name of that building? MetLife building. You ever seen that MetLife building over there by the hospital? Big old building, isn't it? Big building. Come on, Pastor Dan. How is a church this size going to get into a building that big and be able to pay for it? First of all, let me tell you a little secret here. You haven't met my God yet. And you don't, but look around you. Thank God for the poor people we have here. We have a foundation. Upon this foundation we shall build. things happening for the kingdom of God. I want to reach more for Jesus. I read this the other day. Uh, 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 I, I don't know if it was in his church or in his office. I can't remember that part of this. But the statement was this, an empty chair in a church service is a dangerous thing. Oh, it hit me. You look around you see chairs empty. That means people out there aren't in here that need what you're getting. How many people need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ? We got to get serious about this, guys. We got to fill these seats up. We ought to make it a challenge. person who brings the most people in a year that stick to this church should get a reward of some sort. I mean, we don't do it for reward. You get his reward. But I don't care about putting something out there. I used to do that with the youth, and that worked with you. You, tell, you get pizza, you know, pizza party in your name next week or something like, oh, really? <laughs> and they're inviting all their friends to come. Biggest youth service I ever had is I, all I did is pass out tickets that said free movie, free food, free pizza, I think it was. And I said, just we'll pass it out to your school mates. Boom, 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 boom. And they did, and, they, and people showed up in mass. And we got so many young people born again at that service. Why are you, and I'm saying you, every one of you in this room, not asking more people to get here. Come in. There's some people who say, well, I've tried, Pastor Dan. They just keep telling me, no, keep telling them. It's just, you know what you need to do is cover it in prayer. God, fill my mouth. If, if you need to invite somebody, come to church. I'll take you out to dinner. Come to church and I'll, you know, I'll do this or I'll do that for you. Bottom line is people need to know that Jesus died on the cross for them. And that they can escape hell and gain heaven. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. 
getting off on new Sunday. be about his business. Growing church, growing this church shouldn't be something that we're challenged to do. It should be something we are excited to do. Watch that movie, Jesus Revolution. And all of those people, those hippies, they were looking for something. They just didn't know what they were looking for. And all of a sudden, someone shows up and starts to tell them about Jesus. And no longer was a lifestyle of, of drugs and alcohol and, and having their minds blown. It was a, something that was real and genuine. We've got to get that in us. I challenge you, by the Spirit of the living God, to reach out to people. We don't have to wait to Easter to do this this in our hearts and souls and get busy inviting people to we've got something now a little handout you can give out and we'll make more if we need to make more are you listening it is a non-threatening you belong i don't know if people need want to belong somewhere oh thank you jesus hallelujah god is so good amen let's pray Father, I praise you and I love you and I thank you so much. How can I ever thank you enough for what you've done in this service, for the word that's come forth? My prayer, Father God, that is that everyone in here has received it through the heart of love you've placed inside of me. And that, Lord God, they'll recognize and understand the truth of the word of God. I'm not here to further any man's plans. I'm not here to further myself. I'm here to elevate and magnify the name of Jesus. And the life you now have, that Jesus has come to give us, life and life more abundant. Thank you, my Lord, that everybody in here is catching this. We don't have to stay the same. We can go up higher than we've ever been before. Press into him. Look to him. Trust in him. Oh, hallelujah. Our best days are before us. Glorious days are before us. Maximized days are before us. Hallelujah. We praise you now, Lord. You are holy, holy, holy. We thank you now. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You believe that? Say amen. I love you guys very much. I am, listen, I, I, all I can say to you is you're pulling on the anointing. And uh, I'm not trying to preach long. I, I was trying to always preach. I tried to get back to preaching 30 minutes. And then I came to the realization I can't even say my name in 30 minutes. So and what I've got to learn to do is stay away from Kelby and some of the others in here. And I'll let people know how many pages I have. I could just stand up and say, I got done. I didn't. <laughs> but please come back, because I'm telling you, if you, you get the message the Lord has got for you to receive, it will change you. It will change you. It will make you bolder than you've ever thought you could be. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, you guys are blessed. I call you blessed. Empowered to prosper. Empowered to succeed. Empowered to fulfill destiny. I call you highly favored. Glory to God. This church is highly favored. The blessing of the Lord is upon us. My family and me, we're highly favored. The blessing of the Lord is upon us. You are greatly loved. Hey, uh, one thing I want to uh, speak to you about is uh, if anybody ever has prayer needs, and for whatever reason I don't have an uh, altar call that day, you might need something for healing or something else you're dealing with, obviously you can talk to Pastor Joan and myself. I want you to know that Joan, Joan, 
I just want you to know we're here for you guys. Do you hear me? We're always here for you. We're always here for you. Do you hear that? We're always here for you. I don't want to hear about someone leaving this church because something was going on in your life and I didn't know about it. I've literally had somebody that was in a hospital that was dying of cancer and I had no idea. The person ended up dying. And I had that person's daughter get in my face. I'm not trying to be rude or mean, but it was the truth. At the reception after the funeral that I did, and said, why didn't you go visit my mom in the hospital? And I looked at her as sweet as I possibly could under the circumstances, and I said, because I didn't know your mom was in the hospital. Nobody called me. Nobody told me. Let us know. Amen. There's nothing wrong with that. Letting people know that you need a help, someone to come alongside you and be in agreement with you, that's okay. Amen? All right. I've kept you long enough. God bless you. You are dismissed. Praise the Lord.